Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On 49ers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. And with me today... Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Can't believe it. It's almost here. <laughs> hello, I, hello. I uh, I forgot to take off the uh, it's almost here part at the end because it's always here when I play that. Right. It's never right. almost. It's, it it's always... kind of fun, though. <laughs> it's fun to throw that in there. Yeah, it is. What, it is what's he excited about? What, what's almost here? <laughs> you were talking about the Super Bowl, I believe, in that clip. I was. Yeah. yeah, I went into a whole spiel about how it's my second or third favorite day after Christmas and my birthday or something. <laughs> my, well, my my Super Bowl and Christmas is the NFL draft, unless the 49ers are actually playing in their Super Bowl, then the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl for me. Um, right. But yeah, so getting close to draft day, it's uh, almost three weeks away. Yeah, draft's coming up. Also uh, announced the off-season workout yesterday or the, the program Set up, so we got some practices coming in about a week or so, which is exciting. Yeah, and looking at this, pretty much every weekend from now until June is some kind of mini camp, voluntary or involuntary, a rookie mini camp in May. There's going to be a little camp right before the draft, a mandatory mini camp June 13 to 15th, and then a nice little uh, lull before training camp after that uh, in late June. Yeah, give those guys a little bit of a break before they, you know, really start. You know, crunching their bodies up and start hitting hitting each other and oh man it's just it's it getting more and more excited every day uh you know you mentioned the draft it's coming up really quick here uh i put together and you know something we talked about top five worst 49er draft picks of our time so s- since we've been fans and i'm really looking forward to hearing your top five yeah there's uh it, it's funny because you go back and there was a whole bunch of really good draft picks for a long time for the 49ers obviously there was a dynasty involved so the 80s and 90s were pretty good and then uh Late 90s, things started to take a turn, and then, uh, yeah, and then, there, of course, there was the most recent bulky era, which there was not a lot of, uh, well, th- there were some good picks, but there was probably more that, that that really frustrated me, especially, you know, knowing that me, I'm doing the the shadow draft, so I have some uh, strong opinions about each and every pick in, in the bulky area, so, um, yeah, that'll be fun. I want to see what your list is, and I think we're, we're probably going to match up on at least a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's funny you talk about the bulky area, and it's like, wait, do we only have to do a top five? Can we do 10, 15? <laughs> yeah. Well, the the, the the higher ones really hurt. And, and you know, mid-late yeah. round picks, when, when they don't hit, it's not as big of a deal. But when you start whiffing on very high picks, that's when uh, that's when things start to hurt. And we might learn a little bit about how we feel about this draft class when we talk about the big misses with 49ers drafts, because then you start looking at players and you're like, oh, man, is this guy the – the blank of 2017, you know, <laughs> so right, right. Uh, you start to get worried when you start to see positions show up and you think, oh, man, is this guy going to be like the next this guy? Because that uh, that could turn out bad. So, yeah, I'm interested to hear your list. Not a lot of news today. Some big NFL news. Well, it's funny because Tony Romo announced his retirement 
on uh, Tuesday, and he'll become Jim Nance's partner calling games for CBS. And I have no idea what that means for Phil Simms. Uh, you might have an idea of that. I didn't really see look into that. But, but basically all the news outlets that cover the NFL went crazy with this story. And to me, the Tony, the whole Tony Romo thing, and I get it. He was quarterback for the Cowboys. But, I mean, does any, did anybody expect he was actually going to stay healthy for a season and, like, take a team to the Super Bowl in 2017? You know, I, 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 I thought the whole Tony Romo thing was completely overblown. The dude's brittle. The dude's been done for a while, in my opinion. So, you know, he might have been able to come in and play a few good games. But, I mean, you can't expect that Tony Romo was just going to come in and play 16 games for your football team. Well, I think the main reason that people were feeling that way is, you know, there was a perfect example just a couple of years ago in Peyton Manning, you know, where the, it was pretty obvious that this guy had no arm strength left. He couldn't stay healthy and, and he still led a team to the Super Bowl. And so maybe, you know, there was the comparisons there, but I'm with you, man. I, I could care less where Tony Romo went. He can't stay healthy. He's never won anything. And the, the guy put up numbers. No doubt about it. I mean, you start looking at his career numbers and it's kind of shocking at some point. It's like, wow. He he's better than Troy Aikman in that category. Like, wow. Oh, but Aikman won Super Bowls. Okay. Ah, all right. I see it now. <laughs> yeah. People act like Tony Romo is some, you know, six time, five time, four time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And, right. You know, Zero just, times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he, he's won a couple of <laughs> playoff games here and there, but not. Yeah. For how people talk about Tony Romo, it's really odd that he's uh, the, the way he was being treated through this whole process. You know, one interesting thing, though, when I think about Tony Romo is, you know, how would history have changed? How would we be looking at Dak Prescott right now if Tony Romo didn't get hurt last year? Yeah, you're exactly right. We, we probably, you know, the average fan wouldn't even know who Dak Prescott is. Yeah, the most the average fan would probably be thinking, oh, gosh, the Cowboys have to draft a quarterback in the first round because Tony Romo is not going to be around much longer. Right. And that that's kind of crazy. And in, in, instead of the complete flip side, is they think they have a decade long, high end quarterback now in Dallas. So, <laughs> and how do you argue that? Right. No. Exactly. And so it's pretty it's pretty crazy what can happen. I mean, and there's a lot of backup quarterbacks around the league that were drafted in the in the mid rounds that haven't had a chance to play yet. And you know they might be an injury away from playing, and one good season, and all of a sudden it, it's just it's on its ear compared to to what it could have looked like at this time. So it's kind of interesting to think about, and you never really know how a team feels about their guys in-house. And teams like maybe the Browns, and and it doesn't look like they're going to draft quarterback number one, but maybe maybe they like Cody Kessler. Maybe they saw enough from him, you know? Um, maybe the Texans really like Tom Savage, which I would be very surprised about, but maybe <laughs> they do, you know? So who knows? Because uh, then, you know, then the, the team only knows about this guy, you know? And maybe maybe it matters... Maybe you have to sell it to the fans a little bit. You know, it, it, I think it'd be very hard for the Texans to say, I don't, you know, whatever, Tony Romo, uh, we don't need him anyways because we have Tom Savage and we're not going to draft a quarterback. I think that'd be a tough sell on the fans. Yeah, especially to your uh, your season ticket holders. But, you, you know, you mentioned uh, the, the backup quarterback and, and and how do you, you know, you know that you have a guy until he's actually in there. I mean, that hits close to home, right? I mean, Alex Smith gets hurt. And, and all of a sudden, Colin Kaepernick, you know, the average fan's like, who's this guy? Oh, well, Nevada, oh, man, this is going to be, oh, look at this guy. He's lengthy. He, he just looks strange out there. He's got these long strides. And then, boom, he scores a rushing touchdown. Everyone's like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, who's this <laughs> yeah. guy? And then, you know, then they win a football game. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And all of a sudden, the guy's kissing his bicep. And, you know, the, the next three or four years of the 49ers quarterback is, you know, there's no problems going on there, you know, Super Bowls and, and lots of playoffs. And it, it just really comes down to, 
you, you say it over and over. It's hitting with that pick, you know, whether it be the first round, the second round, the seventh round. If you draft the right guy, he's going to win football games. And, and if you put him in the right system, which I'm really excited to see what the 49ers do in the draft with quarterback, because you think they're going high with quarterback. I don't think they're going to go high with quarterback. And nevertheless, I still think they're going to find their quarterback in the draft. Yeah, whether it's a high pick or or a mid-round pick, I do have some faith in Kyle Shanahan's ability to develop a quarterback. So I don't, I don't, yeah, so I don't know if that points to you waiting on, on quarterback. I mean, I don't know if I would just – I mean, I have confidence that he can develop a quarterback, but I don't know if you just sit there and say, oh, that means you don't have to draft a talented guy because he can just fix anybody and, and turn him into an all-pro. And so I, I don't know if I want to go that far with it. You know, I still – I would rather see him work with a very, very physically talented quarterback and then develop that guy, you know? So um, obviously they they need a quarterback for the future. And I don't think they are forced to take one, but I just personally would just the way that the board looks, but to be honest with you, and and we've been saying it, and I think most 49ers fans are on board with this idea that, you know, I I think option number one is to hopefully get a little bit of value in a trade down scenario. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, you say, that, that you, you know, you, you want them to, to pick a quarterback high if they are going to pick there and this and that. And I, I, you know, I'm all in on Shanahan. I'm all in on the quarterback whisperer. You know, I, I think John Lynch is is pretty solid at finding the right uh, sort of uh, just the, the winner personality. And then Shanahan's the guy that's going to look at the X's and O's and he's going to pick a guy's brain and, and Lynch is going to make sure he gets the right guy, even if it's later. And, you know, maybe we don't see him for a year or two. Uh, I, I'm all in, dude. I, I really think that they're they're headed in the right direction, and, and Shanahan's gonna him and him and Lynch. They're gonna get together, and they're gonna find the right guy. Maybe they bring in two guys. I mean, you know, they're gonna need a practice squad quarterback as well. So who who knows? And we don't have anything to go on with, you know, a track record for either Lynch or Shanahan on how they're gonna draft. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan's had some say in draft rooms before, but we just don't know how much for for some of the teams he's coached for. Right. But uh, so this is going to be very interesting. And, and I think we've said it before. And I said it, I think, on the last podcast is that if Kyle Shanahan, if I'm John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan says this one quarterback is the guy and he's someone that you have to take before pick 34, then I'm taking it at pick two and I don't, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Like I said, I, I'm all in on, on Shanahan and his 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 breaking down of film and his his looking at quarterbacks and arm strength and footwork and you know just just the quickness the ability to check down and things like that and things you know honestly as a 49er fan it's been a few years since we've seen a, a solid check down a solid pocket passer it, it might be nice to you know to see somebody who's not you know hey my first read's not there let's tuck it and run which is something we've had for a while yeah absolutely no doubt so uh well do do we want to just start with that then and, and get the top fives going yeah, let's just jump in. You mind if I go first? Uh, let, let, yeah, I want to hear yours. I'm, I'm okay. excited to hear about it. All right, so there's a few guys that I, I you know, thought about, you know, like J.J. Stokes and, you know, a, co- a couple of other, like Marcus Lattimore, you know, guys that wasted picks and things like that, but they didn't quite make the cut. So for me, number five, this was a tough one because I wanted to put Stokes here, but you, you'll see why I didn't put him in there later. It's it's Glenn Coffey, and, and it's, you know, I know it's a third round pick and it's only the 74th overall and that's not that big of a deal. But the problem to me with coffee is this is a guy who came out of college early and, and he retired during training camp during his second year. I mean, yeah. he was kind of he they were paving the way for him to take over for Gore someday. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, just kidding, guys. I'm going to retire. God wants me to do something else. And he, he kind of left him in a lurch like they had Anthony Dixon and Michael Robinson. I think they went out and signed Brian Westbrook, too, as as a backup. And mm-hmm. so that really, you know, jacked the 49ers in 2010. So for me, 
Glenn Coffey definitely was a, was a really bad selection for them. Uh, by the way, side note, later joined the Army. He's now a paratrooper. In case uh, our listeners out there didn't know what Glenn Coffey's up to these oh, is days. That what it was? I remember right away, didn't he? And by the way, Glenn Coffey is a good call. He's not on my list. That, that's a fantastic call. And uh, he didn't he at first like it was like a religious thing. Like he wanted to yeah, be a pastor yeah. or something. He said, God has a different path for me. And and he, yeah, he planned on going back to, I think it's Alabama and going back to school. And because and, he left early, you know, probably just to get some money. And they, they questioned his love of football and all this stuff. And yeah, it was it was a God thing at first. And. I guess God wanted him to join the army. So, you know, he, he's, he's serving us over there. You know, I respect all the troops out there. Thank you for your service, Mr. Coffee, but still not a great draft pick by the 49ers. Number four, Kentuan Balmer, first round pick in 2008, 29th overall. Remember when he went AWOL from training camp in 2010? He just was like, I don't really like you guys. I'm out of here. Yeah. He was tr- traded to Seattle. The, the bad thing too, like the worst part about the Balmer thing too is that happened right around the same time as, as the coffee retirement too. So Mike Singletary, he, he had a rough go. He had, they were given a, he was given a tough gig there, you know, with a couple of guys retiring right before the season gets started. I mean, it's just like we talked about with Anthony Davis, you know, a couple of years ago, like this team would have done things differently in the draft and in free agency, if they had known that they needed a backup running back, you know, if they needed a new defensive lineman. And so these, those two guys, man, to me, those, those are a couple of big wasted picks by the 49ers. Number three, I think this one's pretty obvious. It's Rashawn Woods, first round pick in 2004, 34, first overall. He did all right his rookie season, played in a few games, made a few catches. I think he even scored a touchdown and tore some ligaments in his thumb, missed his whole second season, and then traded to San Diego. So just a, another you know wide receiver that, that was drafted high by the 49ers and, and didn't do anything. And that leads me right into number two, A.J. Jenkins. First round bust, 30th overall, 2012. <laughs> yeah. Rookie year, healthy all year, active only three times, played 37 snaps, one target, and he dropped it. 17 career receptions for Jenkins. That's why I left J.J. Stokes off the list. It's because I figured I can't have three wide receivers on my top five list. Yeah, I mean, I could. And at least J.J. Stokes played. Right, exactly. If you look at J.J. Stokes' numbers, he at least put up numbers. They yeah. weren't great. They didn't justify a first-round pick, but he played. He played a lot. Number one overall, this one's an easy one. Anyone out there listening to this that's a 49er fan has been one for, you know, the last 20 years or yeah. so knows where this one's going. I got a feeling. First-round pick in 1997, number 26. The 49ers had this special assistant named Bill Walsh. He wanted them to draft Jake Plummer, but the 49ers drafted Jim Druckenmiller. And – it still to this day pisses me <laughs> off. Dude lasted just two seasons. They they said he could never pick up the playbook. He 20 for 52 for 239 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. That that's a hell of a first round draft pick by a quarterback, which again kind of makes you worry a little bit about mm-hmm. you know taking he had a great college, you know, great college numbers. I think it was Virginia Tech. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, he's that guy that's like, okay, he's big, he's strong, he passes all his tests. Well, he wasn't very mobile. And they knew that going in, but I mean, this is a guy that had a QB rating of 29.2 and just the fact that <laughs> they didn't listen to Bill Walsh should piss you off enough right there. I mean, he's That's, talking yeah. about one of the great football minds of all time. He tells you to take Plummer who threw for over 29,000 yards, by the way, in his career. Oh yeah. With Arizona and Denver. Yeah. Plummer's the, I lo- I, he's the quintessential the snake, West man. coast offense, Bill Walsh quarterback. Yeah. Jake Plummer just makes yeah. too much sense. Yeah. 
It, yeah, Drucker Miller made zero sense. And so me, it, I think it's a pretty obvious, easy number one overall worst 49er draft pick of all time. What do yeah, you got? It's funny. Right before we went on the air, I asked you how far back you went with your with your picks here for this top five list. And you said 1997. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, OK, so we're on the same page then because that's how far right. back I went as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, that's, that's the end. Yeah, that's far enough. But, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, I, I do want to have an honorable mention here. They didn't make my top five, but Giovanni Carmazzi, a third rounder Ooh, from yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, in two thousand, and you know he was only a third round pick, so you know whatever you miss on a third rounder, not the hugest deal. Uh, but I would, did want to mention him. They actually took Tim Rattay the same year, the sixth rounder, so they kind of saved themselves there. And he was the guy that was able to uh, have a little bit of a career as a backup quarterback. I have some fond memories of Tim Rattay and some some very bad teams that followed there. Basically, that ninety seven draft that you're talking about, like things started to go downhill after that. You start whiffing on draft picks, and then you know the early 2000s was a pretty ugly era, and they weren't really able to climb out of that until Jim Harbaugh came to town. So uh, number five for me is, and this is an interesting one, because this is a player that represents more than just his own career. And he's a current 49er. That is Tank Carradine. And Mm -hmm. basically what he is for me is he's the chairman of Team ACL. And he was the highest selection of the team ACL members. So that's why I put him in there. He's a second-round pick, has done almost nothing for the 49ers in his career. And uh, at least he's had somewhat of a career, unlike pretty much everybody else on this list. But it's that, man, it's that that team ACL, the Trent Baalke era. For me, I think Tink Carradine is going to be the chairman of that because he was drafted so high. He was drafted high in the second round. Whereas, you know, you mentioned Marcus Lattimore. He was a compensatory pick, very end of the fourth round. It doesn't hurt as bad, you know, even though he wasn't able to have any career whatsoever. But uh, so I I wanted to have somebody that represented Trent Baalke on this list. And uh, there's actually (laughs) another guy that represents Baalke, but the team ACL part. So I I have Tink Carradine number five. Number four for me, he was number four for you. And that's 2008 first round draft pick, Kentwan Balmer. And uh, I started following the draft pretty closely in the 2000s. And that was one of those that I hated at the time. And uh, I was not proven wrong there. One pick that I loved at the time, who was also on your list, Rashawn Woods. He's my number three. I loved Rashawn Woods. I was like, yes, this is the perfect pick. They traded back. They were It was perfectly played in that draft. Traded back, took Rashawn Woods at the end of the first round. And, you know, and, and with Kenswan Balmer and some other players on this list, Rashawn Woods is another one. You, when it comes down to first round draft picks and, and, Everybody you're going to be talking about in the first round is, is a physically talented human being. Right. And really the separator when it comes down to it and when you start to look back on things, it's how badly did they want it. And Kentwan yeah. Balmer didn't care. And Rashawn Woods was another guy that, you know, he just didn't really care, I think. He just wanted to kind of go fishing. You know, he was just – he was kind of in slow motion. You know, he's one of those guys that was like, yeah, whatever. Like that was his attitude about everything. And that doesn't fly. So when you when you look at prospects out there, you, you start to get in the minutia and you start thinking about, oh, is he quick twitch? Oh, what's his 40 time? Does he want it? That's the number one question you're going to ask yourself about any of these prospects before you spend a really high pick. You know, later in the draft, you can start, you know, you know, swinging for the fences on traits and stuff. But the, the first your first round draft picks, I think more than anything, you've got to believe in the person as much as you believe in uh, the physical ability and the talent for a player. Right. And that's why I think that the John Lynch hire is brilliant. I mean, this is the guy that's sitting down with all these guys, you know, talking yeah. to them, picking their brains. And I, I really feel like he he'll see that. You know, and that that is important. I agree with you 100. percent Number two, uh, also a tra- also a Trent Bulky pick, and that is AJ Jenkins, and uh, that was another head scratcher that he drafted a third round talent, a fourth round talent, uh, in the first round, 
and he was cocky about it. And that's that was that's what really pissed me off about it. He's like, "Well, who are you idiots to question this pick? This is an amazing right. pick." And like you mentioned, uh, one target, zero catches, was traded before the start of his second season. So they gave up on him quick. They realized uh, that was a big mistake. AJ Jenkins, man, and I don't think he he was kicking around. I think he was in uh, Kansas City a little while, and then I don't I I lost track. He's on Dallas's practice squad. Yeah, so I think he might be officially written down on somebody's roster somewhere, but yeah, he he basically has no NFL career and is pretty much out of the league with the rest of the 2012 draft class. Can we just go over that entire draft class yes. really quick? Yes, please. And this is when Trent Baalke was thought of as executive of the year and the draft ninja, and uh, he just coming off the Alden Smith, Colin Kaepernick 2011 draft that, that looked very good at the time when the 49ers were in a Super Bowl. 2012. Round one, A.J. Jenkins, not in the league. Round two, LaMichael James, not in the league. Round four, <laughs> they traded out of the third round that year. Fourth round pick, Joe Looney, out of the league. Fifth round, wow. Darius Fleming. This was the original team ACL guy, Darius Fleming, if, if people don't remember. And I'd kind of forgotten about him until I looked at, at the draft for this uh, top five list. Darius Fleming, out of the league. Sixth round, Trenton Robinson. He kicked around somebody's special teams for a while, but I'm pretty sure he is now out of the league. Sixth rounder, Jason Slowey, out of the league. Seventh rounder, Cam Johnson, out of the league. So that's the draft. That's the 2012 draft. Not a single player in the NFL five years later. That was not a long time ago. No. (laughs) These players should be be contributing to to the football team right now. Wow. I'm glad he's gone. (laughs) <laughs> he he deserves to not. I don't miss Bucky. Yeah, he deserves to not be GM of the 49ers. Absolutely, so, or anyone else. Let's be honest. Yeah, it, well, he'll be on a scout. Where is he? He's in Denver now, right? Did they yeah. pick him up? There's rumors that Denver was going to hire him, but did they actually hire him? I kind of forgot about. I don't where. know. That's a good question. I I don't know if he'll ever get a GM job again. But you know, you could see him as an assistant to so and so, or you know, vice president of this or that. Yeah, he'll be high up in somebody's office, front office, at some point. Probably very soon. He might take a year off like like Chip Kelly. It looks like he's going to. Um, and, you know, probably because they're forced to. All right. <laughs> and number one, he was your number one. We all know him. We all love him. Jim Druckenmiller, 1997 first-round draft pick. And he is the he is the perfect specimen. He is the, the poster child for how to whiff on a draft pick and how to miss on a high draft pick and a quarterback. Because what you're taking is the tall guy with the cannon arm, who has zero going on from the neck up. And and I'm like, I, I was about to say I'm like Bill Walsh. I'm not like Bill Walsh. <laughs> I like the type of players that I think Bill Walsh would have liked. Let me put it that way. Yes, the Jake Plummers of the world. I mean, I, I really liked Colt McCoy coming out. I liked Kirk Cousins a lot coming out. Um, and that's why my number one quarterback in this draft is Mitch Trubisky, because he's sort of that guy. And, and, and it's why Deshaun Kaiser, who's the tall guy with the strong arm, but, you know, through for very poor percentage in college and has accuracy issues and doesn't make quick decisions in the pocket. That's why he's not at the top of my list. You start looking at traits and you start looking at height and arm strength and and you're going to start whiffing on quarterbacks in the draft. And they did big time. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Druckenmiller. So yeah, we had, we had similar lists there, but it was fun to go through this and, and, and look at some of these names, Giovanni Carmazzi. And uh, he's one of the guys you kind of forget about because the guy who was drafted after him and, uh, Tim Rattay, what Tim Rattay went just a few picks, was it before or right after Tom Brady, right? Because I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Patriots were looking at either Tom Brady or Tim Rattay that year. 
<laughs> pretty stoked on their decision. Yeah, there. which is kind of insane to think about. Well, what if, yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah, so Tim Rattay went in the seventh. So they, they picked Brady over Rattay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Rattay was in the seventh round. That'd have been funny if Rattay was gone first, and they were like, "Ah, oh, damn it." Yeah. So uh, what? Brady was for this Brady guy. <laughs> yeah. Brady was pick one ninety nine at the end of the sixth round. So yeah, thirteen picks later, Tim Rattay to the 49ers. I went to a great uh, 49er game. Tim Rattay started and won. It was the year after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, and it was that candlestick. And I went with my my buddy Money, and we sat five rows right behind, like fifty yard line, right behind the Buccaneers, and. It was the most fun I've ever had at a football game. Lost my voice. Was yelling at at uh, Keyshawn all day. We had Warren Sapp. We were doing the Warren, Warren, just getting in their heads. We kept calling um, uh, Rondé Barber. Kept yelling, "Take a, take a!" Oh man, we were those guys. And there were times they kept looking at us. Keyshawn kept looking at us, just like what, what? Just raising our hands. And he just kept looking at us, nodding his head. And then the 49ers won. And it was just one of the greatest days of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. The Tim Not Rattay. intoxicated at all, too. Totally sober. I find that hard to believe. No, it's 100% true. I drove <laughs> up there, man. I had to drive home. Uh, that's funny. Well, shoot. I yeah. I put it out on Twitter a little bit earlier about uh, having some uh, some topics to, to discuss. But like always, we end up blabbing our mouths forever. And uh, our top fives have taken quite a long time here. So uh, just real quick, I, I want to put one of these questions to you. This is from uh, at Pizzlepants on Twitter. He asks, well, First of all, he put hashtag America's team in here, so I don't like his question already, uh, but it's a good question, and, and I want to pose this one to you. He says, America's team just got another player into TV, referencing Tony, Tony Romo. What 49er would you like to see do commentary, and you can't say John Lynch? Oh, that's interesting. I actually have one. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. I'm going to say Joe Staley. There you go. Yeah. yeah, he's a good follow on Twitter. He's unfiltered. People always ask him to sing, and I'd rather not hear him sing and do karaoke. <laughs> Apparently, he really loves to do karaoke, but he seems like a guy that would be fun to hang out with, and probably that would translate to TV quite well. I'd like to hear uh, probably Pierre Garçon, just because I've never actually heard him speak before. And <laughs> I read that article the other day about how he plays angry. And I just, I just want to hear him commentate angry. I think that might be fun. That would be fantastic to have an unfiltered, like, you know, alternate audio. You know, you, you have, like, the Spanish. Right. And then Click you can over. have the, the unfiltered, like the explicit one, and have an ex-player that's that's ripping stuff and giving his his like down like you know straight dope on on the game. That'd be actually a great <laughs> idea. That'd be fun. That's a good idea. You should look into doing that. Yeah, we should start a network. There we go. Patent pending, everyone. Yeah, I hate the moniker America's team. By the way. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> Uh, thank you for responding. And everybody who did respond, we're not going to be able to get all of these. Uh, there are some questions about, actually multiple questions about the draft and some some late round picks. So I do want to talk about a couple of guys that I haven't really mentioned much on the show that I love in the late round for the 49ers that are definitely be day three players, I'm pretty sure. Uh, one of them who I just started watching recently, he was very highly ranked for Pro Football Focus, which made me go back and try to find some tape on him and watch him play as a linebacker. He was number one in the draft class for tackling efficiency as a linebacker, a little bit undersized from Ohio University, and his name is Blair Brown. He's about 5'11", 238 pounds, so he's got some thick legs and, and, a, and a thick body. 238 is not completely undersized for a linebacker, but only 5'11". And this dude flat out goes and tackles people. He ran 4.65.40 at the Combine, which is very good. So athleticism is there. I think he's someone you could draft on day three and ends up starting some games in the NFL, either middle linebacker, maybe weak, weak side linebacker. But 
Uh, he's that prototype. You know, his butt's low to the ground, and and he's got that, um, you know, I don't want to call him Mike Singletary, but that's the type of player he looks like when he's playing out there, you know. And, right. and he did play at a smaller school, but uh, he plays big, and he takes on blocks, and he tackles the hell out of people. So Blair Brown is a name to remember as a linebacker in this class in the, in the in the late rounds. And another guy who's been one of my favorites, and the reason not a lot of people aren't talking about him, and he's not ranked high by the draft media, uh, Joe Mathis. He's a defensive end for the University of Washington, but he was hurt this year, and uh, he, he didn't play for the, the second half of the season. I think he got kind of left off a lot of lists and people forgot about him, but he's a really good player and someone that I think might also be a steal in this draft as a pass rusher, probably be a perfect fit for that Leo position for the 49ers. And, you know, whether or not they draft an edge rusher high, they can draft a second one later anyway. So if they don't draft a guy, you definitely want to be looking for some of these late edge rushers. And even if you do, I mean, you can't have too much pass rush, right? Yeah, you're exactly. Dude, I wanted to take a look at your draft board. <laughs> I think that'd be a lot of fun. I don't really have a draft board draft board. I, I'm, it's just too much work as a scouting department of one to just like have them all listed like 300 guys, you know. So basically I right. watch guys and I know I don't like them and I'm like, I'm just not even going to worry about this guy because he's not going to be right. a part of my shadow draft. And uh, and so that that's kind of how it goes. So I kind of have a tiered system where I know which players I really like and what range I think they'll probably go in. And so it's more like a tiered thing. Like I have a group of guys I think I like in this area and a group of guys I like in this area. So that's how it looks. But I, I'll, I'll – hopefully have something that, that is kind of like that official that I can kind of show you guys uh, as we get closer to the draft and be able to follow along as I do the uh, the shadow draft there and, and definitely be doing that on draft weekend. Uh, one more question is this, and we mentioned just a bit ago, is Deshaun Kaiser, and, and it's the reason I'm scared of him. Uh, Aaron asks, uh, what do you think about Kaiser and if the Niners draft him and where at? Well, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't touch him in the first round. He's not somebody I would trade back into the first round. If he's sitting there at 34, that would be a tough decision for me because I don't want the leftovers at quarterback. And I think he's a little bit slow to process and pull the trigger in the pocket. But then he'll just make these dime throws. But that's why he scares me. You know, he's, it's the Druckenmiller factor. It's the, uh, right. you know, it's the, it's the Jamarcus Russell. He had oh, the best. Yikes. He had the best pro day of all time, right? Because he had this. He was this huge guy with a cannon arm, and and scouts still still to this day talk about he had the best pro day ever. And he was just an awful pick because upstairs he didn't have it going on. And I don't think that Deshaun Kaiser is 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 uh, Jamarcus Russell, but it's the highlight. You don't even thing. really want to be compared to that, right? So yeah, yeah. I get it. It's like it's the highlight factor. It's like wow, he makes this right. throw, and you're like, whoa, he's got these traits. We can mold him. But when you watch. Down in and down out, and you're like, ah, no, man, it's it's not it's not there. So he would have to be, he would have to be quite a steal from to, to make me want to draft Kaiser. And I and I'm a little bit weary of sort of getting the leftovers at quarterback, you know. Right. And if he's got that arm talent and he's got the size and he can even move around a little bit, and every single team in the league's passing on him, he's there in the second round. I think that tells you all you need to know. Um, so we'll see. I think a team might fall in love with him and draft him, you know, between two and thirty four anyway. So I don't think. Kaiser's most likely going to be an option for the 49ers, but it could get interesting if he is still sitting there at pick 34. And for the same reason, Patrick Mahomes, who I, I like a little bit more than Kaiser, also scares me. People are starting to talk about him like he's going to go very, very high in this draft. And I thought he would be a guy who would be there at 34. And I was kind of all about that because I thought he was a, a project that, you know, Shanahan could get his hands on and maybe mold him. And he, and he shows me he's a very fun player to watch, but gosh, he's kind of got that. Remember when Kyle Bowler, the big thing for him, he sat at the, Sat on his knees at the fifty yard line and threw a ball yes. through the goalposts. 
Yeah, now uh, Mahomes got the 80-yard yes, pass into the end zone. Exactly. At his pro day, his last throw, he he rolled out it from the opposite 25-yard line, threw the ball into the end zone. So he's obviously got the cannon arm, but again, he's he's not refined at all. It's gonna it's, he's gonna be a major project in, in the you know plays in that Texas Tech offense, and nobody has come from the air raid and done well in the NFL. So um, exactly right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We'll uh, we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and uh, the 49ers are gonna draft the quarterback whether it's early or late. I don't know, but they've got to add a guy or two. So. Who's that guy going to be? I don't know. My guy's still Mitch Trubisky, and I'm still I'm firm on that. I'm still I think he's the guy I would take at number two, and I would absolutely love if the team bought that pick from me, and I moved down and ended up with another player in the first round. But right now, Mitch Trubisky, he's my number one quarterback, and uh, that hasn't really changed. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely starting to buy in, man. Just listening to you more and more talk about him, and you know, seeing just reading articles about him, and, and actually seeing some footage of him. I get it. You know, the guy, the kid looks like he he could be the future in the NFL, you know, just he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's he's got it all. And um, it just scares me. That's all. Yeah. You know, just a little gun shy, too. No, I, I yeah. And hey, when you miss on quarterback, that's why those guys were on our list of our top five worst picks for the 49ers in the draft is that's because, right. yeah, whiffing on quarter, whiffing on quarterbacks is not as bad as it used to be uh, because, yeah. of, you know, the contract stuff and um, like like. Uh, the perfect example is the Jacksonville Jaguars. In our in, in the Locked On 49ers mock draft, the Jags representative took Deshaun Watson because Bortles is still on his rookie deal and he's not gonna hamstring anybody cap wise. If you think you have an, a quarterback, you can you can yeah. still draft that guy and, and you can move on from yeah. him. You can move on from him so much quicker. But in the old days, the the first few picks in the draft got so much money. Remember Vernon Davis was drafted, was he number six overall? He's definitely top ten. Yeah, and and I think it was number six. Might he have was been seven. He was the, he was the, um, I, I the the moment he was he signed his first contract, he was the highest paid tight end in the league, and that That's was the, crazy. That was under the old agreement, and even even now. So if, if a lot of people want Malik Hooker or Jamal Adams, and I'm a Jamal Adams guy, I really like Jamal Adams. He might be the the second best defender in this draft, but. If you draft a safety at number two, he would be making top five safety money instantly, and that's, that's under crazy. that's the new deal. In the old days, he would have by far been the the number one safety um, contract wise in the league. So yeah, they were smart to get away from that old system. Yeah. I, I remember Jamarcus Russell that contract, exactly. and Sam Bradford's contract, and yes. yeah, 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 nonsense. Yeah, it's crazy talk. All right, let's get out of here. We've gone long enough already. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Nick, as always, thank you very much for coming on the show. You can follow My me pleasure, buddy. on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. Subscribe to the show. We're on iTunes, Audio Boom. LockedOn49ers.com has the stream as well and has links to all the stuff, links to the email and and uh, and where you can subscribe to the show and the Audio Boom stream and everything over there. So uh, LockedOn49ers.com is a good place to go. And uh, you can hear the show and, and get linked to everything. I also have a little... Feed of my Twitter there. I've been having fun recently. I don't know. I've been tweeting more than ever. And it's fun to talk draft and fun to talk 49ers. And and, and really, it's fun to have the back and forth with people who are listening to the show. And and uh, so that's cool. So really want to shout out everybody on Twitter who's been part of the conversation, you know, and, and asking questions and, and talking back and forth there because that's a lot of fun. Tomorrow, Joe Goodberry joining the show. He will be picking at 9 for Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, he's a big-time draft guy. He's part of hashtag draft Twitter. So we'll be talking a lot about the draft 
again tomorrow. And hearing who number nine, the pick nine in the draft for the Cincinnati Bengals is going to be. For Nick Winkler, I'm Brian Peacock. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. See you. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.